Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel, one by one. We will, of course, be discussing details from previous episodes, but there will be no spoilers for future episodes. Having some weird floppy disk reader on my chest for some reason, I'm Harrison. And I'm Jason, and please give me two shots of Oneg, the good stuff. <laughs> Harrison, what episode are we watching this week? Oh, Jason, I'm glad you asked. We are watching Buffy Season 4, Episode 14, uh, Goodbye, Iowa. This is the one where Adam escapes the initiative, uh, kills a little boy, just like the creature does in the 1930s Frankenstein, uh, although it's a little girl in that one. Um, and Riley is a big asshole the whole episode, but I guess we can kind of forgive him because he's under serious medical distress. So I'm, I guess I'll give him a pass. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Buffy and Xander sneak into the initiative. Um, quite a lot happens in this episode, actually. I'm yeah, sorry. like following, um, <laughs> following the Iron Team. There's a ton of stuff going on. But yeah. uh, good, it good feels like this is a two-parter. Honestly, <laughs> Iron Team and Goodbye Iowa. Yeah, but uh, Goodbye Iowa was written by Marty Knoxon and directed by David Solomon. And originally aired on February fifteenth in the year two thousand. Good, uh, good job catching me not changing the episode title in the script. Good <laughs> catch. You're on it, and that's why I love you. Oh, hope that's not the only reason why, but <laughs> no, it's it. <laughs> Intro music. I... Jason, what are you drinking today? Well, I am drinking a martini. Oh, lovely. Yeah, I um so my uh my roommate recently moved out. Um and uh I mean, n- not not on bad terms. Like she just she just uh moved in with her boyfriend and uh Ooh, good for her. Yeah. And she left uh she had a couple pieces of furniture. One was this uh corner cabinet. And she realized that she didn't have um, anywhere to put it in her boyfriend's house. So she's like, hey, do you want this? And I looked at him like, that would actually be like a really cool kind of liquor cabinet display. So yesterday, um, I, well, like just trying to get things uh, clean around my house, I decided to move all of my liquor that I've been storing in my kitchen along with uh, several of my glasses into a... uh, into this cabinet and while i was going through it i realized like you know i haven't like made any mixed drinks in a while um and uh so i decided you know what a martini yeah i love a martini uh i i might have done that today um i won't uh, i won't go into as many details for our listeners as i subjected poor jason to um but I've had a bit of an upset stomach today, so uh, I am I'm I'm abstaining from boozing it up this uh, this lovely kind of overcast Sunday morn um, or early afternoon, I suppose as it is in fact. 
but I have made myself a nice warm mug of tea, of herbal tea. It's a black, or no, it's a wild berry flavor tea. Um, I almost said black cherry, but I, I finished off the black cherry a couple days ago. Fruity tea for um, a fruity person. I know. Love it. Love that <laughs> journey for me. Um, it's uh, one of those um, uh, celestial, you know, the celestial teas. It's like a, it was like a mix and match pack of the different like fruit flavored teas. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was like a wild cherry or black cherry, wild berry. There's the lemon zinger in there, which is my favorite. Uh, some raspberry. Yeah. That's what I'm drinking this week. By the way, I apologize to our listeners if um, I will be probably sniffing a lot because allergies have been uh, hitting me hard. We live in uh, we live in Louisville, which is in the Ohio Valley River uh, or the Ohio River Valley. Pardon me. <laughs> yeah. um, ooh, almost had a flashback to Ohio Valley wrestling. Um, <coughs> the Ohio River Valley, and it is. Uh, infamous for its ability to stir up all of your allergies even if it's not there even if you didn't have allergies before coming to the city but having grown up here um i i do have allergies and they are pretty rough right now so i apologize for the sniffing that's the fun part of living in louisville is um sometimes advice from medical professionals is move um I I literally knew someone growing up who went to my dad's church who um she had some respiratory um like illnesses and her doctor was just like I mean I can prescribe you medications and stuff but the fact of the matter is the climate in this area is means that these they're not really going to do anything you're just going to you're going to keep uh, having these issues and yeah she ended up moving to like florida i think and um was like oh yeah look i can breathe now <laughs> i can breathe i can fight <laughs> so um yeah yeah i i never had allergies growing up but as i've gotten older i've started to i've started to experience what everyone has always talked about um especially when the weather goes back and forth between like hot and cold seemingly at random uh, <laughs> yeah we've had some of that that's, this year yep that is that's delayed our recording sometimes i text jason and i was like it got cold today can't do it yeah. <laughs> i'm too sick um <laughs> and then i say well, boo you whore <laughs> <laughs> um you know what to that i say a toast a toast uh to the ohio river valley yeah because um thou art a heartless bitch (laughs) thou art a heartless bitch you fuck with our lungs you fuck with our sinuses but you're home so you are home you know (laughs) cheers well you know this actually isn't a too bad i was a little worried that i um might have lost my touch um we actually really i had like a phase where i loved making martinis for everybody even if they didn't want Mm -hmm. them fortunately uh (laughs) fortunately harrison is a huge martini fan so he would always indulge me um but yeah i haven't made martinis in a while but uh no i i i think this came out all right so either my either martinis are easy to make 
and it's re- or really hard to screw up, or I've got a gift. I'm going to go with I, the latter part. I'm going to go with the latter as well. Hmm. Um, because, but yeah, I love, I fucking love a martini. Um, a martini might be my favorite, like, cocktail mixed drink after a gin and tonic. Um, I've never sat down and ranked them, but, um, um, so yeah, let's dive in, shall we? Yeah. All right. So we basically pick up right where we left off. Uh, last week, we're in Giles' apartment. Um, Buffy is uh, filling uh, filling the gang in on her uh, the failed hit on her from uh, from last week. They um, there's a bit of some debate on whether or not Riley um, was was part of the trap was um, was complicit in it uh but buffy doesn't think so i find it funny that uh spike is the one who brings it up first yep um actually i'm glad you said that um because i feel like that's you know that we've talked about it before but spike's um observation levels about what's going on within these these group dynamics are important um and uh, I also just like that Spike's there. No one wants him there. <laughs> um, um, so they, they're trying to decide on where to hide. And uh, Buffy... Um, well, I really... There's a great bit where um, Buffy's like, I've got a plan. And Xander's kind of like, rah, rah, rah. Yeah, we're going to take him down. And then Buffy's like, actually, I was thinking we'd hide. And Xander goes, oh, thank God. <laughs> 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 oh man xander really is transitioning into like this much more acceptable character he is i am i am proud of his growth obviously um it's uh not 100 percent, but <laughs> um he is he is growing and um is also <laughs> I think it probably helps that um, Riley's here too, and we don't like Riley. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they decide to hide in Xander's basement um, because Buffy reasons that um, they've seen her with Xander the least, the initiative, so they won't think to look there. <laughs> Giles declares, I will not squat in that dank hole. <laughs> God, he's, he's so... He's so bitchy. Uh, he's... Oh, God. He's in a mood this episode. He, yeah. He really is. <laughs> and I love when Spike's like, oh, but it was good enough for me. And Giles' response is more or less, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I love how um, uh, that... <laughs> Giles's normal disdain for Xander has really just been redirected at Spike. So... Yeah. Uh, Xander's had a lot of good luck uh, recently with uh, men acting shittier than him <laughs> to, to draw the heat off. Um... <laughs> um... And you know what? I'm also gonna I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna give a lot of the credit for his growth to Anya. Um, Being with Anya definitely has uh, changed him, and 
Like, I, I feel like we've only seen some details of their relationship, so I wouldn't necessarily say it's um, all for the better. But mm-hmm. uh, there is a lot for the better. Um, I mean, you kind of notice that with people, too, how uh, um, maybe your friend uh, starts dating this person and they start... Um, and, like, they do change. I mean, you you mm-hmm. change when you're around somebody uh, for a while, especially in, like, an intimate setting such as a relationship. So you start mm-hmm. adopting certain uh, certain uh, features of the other person. And, uh, yeah, sometimes it's good. Sometimes not so much. But it's a good thing that uh, Xander hasn't adopted uh, Anya's craving for vengeance. <laughs> That's true. That is um, very, really very true. Anya has like adopted Xander's craving for sex. <laughs> <laughs> I I love horny Anya. Um, it's uh, my favorite Anya is is horny Anya. My favorite Anya is all Anya all the time. But <laughs> um, also, I don't know if you've if you've noticed, um, but Emma Caulfield is getting the uh, final credit at the end of the guest stars, and she gets a uh, Emma Caulfield as Anya. I didn't so. notice that it was the fi- I did not notice that it was the final credit, but I did notice um, it was basically once Riley Mark Lucas was put into the mm-hmm. um, the opening credits. I did notice that Emma Caulfield was now being credited as Emma Caulfield as Anya. Yeah, I think maybe Maggie Walsh was probably taking the last spot up until last week obviously um with i think emma caulfield probably being the second to last spot um both of them getting the as credit um and yeah i think now that um and for any listeners who are interested or care that in all likelihood what that means is that she got a she's she got a pay bump uh so uh, good for good for Miss Caulfield. Yeah, uh, Miss Caulfield Ford actually, as as her her uh, her married name because she's married now. Um, good but for her. Any hoozle. <laughs> uh, so Riley shows up, um, and he gets uh, real pissy when he sees Spike, um, and he you know they basically set up this kind of the scoobies versus riley um he doesn't he's upset that they've been harboring hostile 17 quote unquote um and he's really unhappy to hear them their suspicions about the initiative and about professor walsh um so even after seeing what he saw i mean that programming for lack of a better word is clearly really difficult for him to shake i feel like uh adam's scene at the end of this episode can all be described as for lack of a better word <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh yeah we'll uh <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll jump into that, that. uh yeah so, oh gosh i don't want to i don't want to harp on the, for the rest of this season about like what could have been because we're it'll just get repetitive and we just we have to unfortunately take the season as it is what it is but how much better would this episode have been if professor walsh almost the same episode but professor walsh was still alive and she set adam free to go after buffy yeah um like it it honestly is is kind of weird because they um 
it seems like Adam just gets out of there. Like, Mm -hmm. I I feel that with all the security that was around Lab 314, that somebody would have noticed a random cyborg demon guy (laughs) walking through the initiative. I mean... Right? Like, he's not inconspicuous. He's, like, seven feet tall. Um, Yeah, I mean, he looks... And also, he's, like, he's part machine. So... Yeah. You think someone would be like, well, that's interesting. Should I tell someone? Nah. (laughs) Yeah, he he, uh, he looks like he doesn't belong anywhere, including the show. Um, I mean... Buffy and Xander infiltrate the initiative pretty handily, so clearly their security is um, lax, <laughs> we shall say. Um, Adam, so yeah, Adam escapes, uh, and yeah, he meets a little boy playing alone by himself in the middle of the woods, I guess? Uh, okay. Um, and Adam's like, what are you? And the boy's like, I'm a boy. And Adam's like, what am I? And he's like, you're a monster. And I'm like, little child, fucking run away from this monstrosity. Well, he's not scared him because he's holding an action figure that looks kind of like Adam. That's true. Um, And I mean, I don't know. I'd say when I was that age, if if a big walking real life action figure walked up to me, I wouldn't run away from it. Um, okay. Granted, I'm a, I'd be a stupid kid, but still, <laughs> I'd be a kid. Um, this scene, I, I, oh. I agree with you. Yeah, I think I would have probably. You're, I, you're right. I probably would have done the same thing. I would have been like, "You're fucking cool, man." Yeah. This scene. Oh. Uh, is it just me, or does this scene just feel out of place? I get that they're well, trying it, to make the reference to Frankenstein, but it, it comes across as just like, why is this here? Yeah. And then um, it seems like they're trying to show Adam's, uh, like, his journey into a realization of what he is. But then they just have this scene, and then they have, like, a whole monologue at the end of the episode. And yeah. it's like... It's not like... Yeah. I don't want more Adam, but at the same time yeah the fact that we get this scene and then he's gone for the rest of the episode until the end to deliver this monologue like we probably we should have had more scenes of him like killing people slash demons slash things yeah, i don't want more of, and like i don't st- want more of adam i want better adam <laughs> yes 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 uh yes i <laughs> because his monologue is just so but then again it's it's difficult to give any sort of critique on the performance of George Hertzman because it's like he's got 20,000 layers of prosthetics he's he's working through so it's like I don't I don't even know if he's doing a good job or not yeah it's um, it's not I don't blame it on Adam himself. I blame it on like the story of Adam. Mm-hmm. Like that's and that's going to be a running theme for the rest of the season. Like Adam is just his story is told so poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, even when we're not comparing it to what the initiative was like before. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm in total agreement with you there. And yeah, this scene just it feels like. It, I mean, it exists to be a reference to the very famous scene from the Boris Karloff Frankenstein film. 
Um, which for listeners, if you haven't seen the film, the creature meets a little girl and is like playing with her and accidentally kills her by drowning her. Um, and then of course it was sure that's how it goes. Famously parodied in Young Frankenstein, <laughs> in yes. which the uh, the little girl wants to be on the teeter totter with uh, with the monster, <laughs> and when the monster does sit down, she's like thrown off, catapulted off the teeter totter into her bedroom window. <laughs> yeah, it not only into the bedroom window, but perfectly into the bed where she immediately falls asleep. <laughs> And yeah no. that seems so fucking funny no no like everything about young frankenstein is really funny <laughs> i honestly would recommend that over the boris karloff frankenstein because i i believe i've discussed i've mentioned it on here before but i i watched a lot of those universal monster movies for the first time this last halloween wasn't really impressed by the big ones like dracula and frankenstein okay. um but you know did enjoy the invisible man and the wolf man uh you know i haven't seen those two yet um i i have the wolf man on my list uh to review for my blog later on this year so i'm looking forward to it but uh yeah Um, so we find out that this young boy is killed he's dead and uh dr engelman uh whose name i can literally only remember because i am looking at it right now on the wiki um he goes into 314 and finds Professor Walsh's corpse. Um, and when um, we, we get a scene between, it's not listed here, but there's a scene between uh, Forrest and Riley where uh, Forrest, Riley tells Forrest that Professor Walsh tried to kill Buffy. Forrest is basically like, well, if Professor Walsh wanted her dead, she probably had a good reason for it. And nice, we see <laughs> we do get the you know, return. I... We do get the return of the balls poster, though. Yes, we do. Um, I obviously I'm on Buffy's side, but I I see Forrest's point from from his perspective that he that he has to work from. Um, and we see Riley still like struggling between his girlfriend and his mommy um <laughs> i'm listen sorry not sorry oh i man. said what i said like I, I was swallowing and you said that and i wasn't ready for it <laughs> you're gonna kill me man uh that's my goal um, oh boy but that's when uh oh fuck what's his name the other graham generic graham thank you i was like uh, another generically white soldier guy um graham comes in tells them that professor walsh is dead uh when they go see the body um forrest straight up says buffy did this yeah he says Um, it looks like she's been staked and i'm like okay it looks like she's been skewered okay (laughs) dude um what a leap like you really just want to accuse buffy that's what i got out of Uh, this oh absolutely it's very very much a leap because i mean riley even says right away like no that looks like like the polgara demons like skewers um which you know everyone keeps (laughs) the whole episode it's kind of funny everyone is blaming this on the polgara demon and they're not totally wrong i mean well, nobody <laughs> nobody knew what the hell adam was 
So yeah, uh, no context for this. Yeah, at all yeah, for we any can't character because except for Doctor Angleman. Yeah, because you know he kind of like comes out of nowhere, almost like he yes, does he in the season. But uh, I'm sorry, I'm like, <laughs> I'm no, really, he, he I'm it. really throwing <laughs> some uh, thinly veiled criticism at this. Uh, at Adam in general. Um, uh-huh. Yep. So, let's take a trip to Xander's basement for, I think, maybe my favorite scene in this episode. Um, if for just the sheer fact of the most adorable sight, which is Buffy, Anya, and Willow all cuddled up watching <laughs> cartoons on Xander's pull-out couch. Um so cute so adorable um <laughs> also uh buffy's uh yummy sushi pajamas i love yummy them sushi pajamas uh i love when they're watching they're watching uh roadrunner um uh and wily e. coyote um so looney tunes but um <laughs> they're watching buffy goes that would never happen <laughs> and willow goes that's why they're called cartoons <laughs> and not documentaries. <laughs> I also love when um, she's trying to talk about uh, like how she's worried about like her her you know her boyfriend like after everything that happened with Angel and uh, and Ani says you need to get yourself a boring boyfriend like Xander. You can't have Xander. <laughs> yeah. Um. They, uh, I love that. You can't have Xander. And then she, later on, she said, like, I'm serious. You can't have yeah. him. And Buffy's like, I got it. Um, I also love when Buffy has a line that doesn't, I don't quite buy it, but whatever. Um, where she's like, you know, we were in the, I'm, I hurt when he hurts. I smile when he smiles phase. And Anya just very com- like commiserating with her just goes i hate that fe- i hate that <laughs> Which, uh anya doesn't have a lot going on in this episode not a lot to do but as always just delivering like gem after gem yeah. um giles is in such a pissy mood um <laughs> because he was essentially sleeping on a bean bag um I think, in the interest of fairness, they should have let Giles have the pullout. He is not old, by any means. Older. But he is older. (laughs) They're all quite young, uh, Anya aside, but uh, she has a more youthful body. She's physically young. Yes, I I think they would have had an easier time... uh, roughing it out on the floor in, like, sleeping bags and stuff. But, you know, neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> um, she and uh, Giles and Anya start to bicker, and Buffy has a really great line where she says, uh, she accuses them of reenacting scenes from her parents' marriage. Um, yeah, um, as a as a child of divorce, uh, that line I was like, mm-hmm, yep, that is uh, that is the sort of well you go to sometimes. To... Speaking of which, um, um, we have not seen uh, Joyce in a while. We haven't. I was it Halloween the last time we saw Quite her? Quite possibly. Um, Joyce Summers. 
because um, like we didn't see her at Thanksgiving because uh, that was mm-hmm. when they had that was when we did the awful amends episode or no not amends uh, pangs but, yeah pangs um, and uh, I guess did do we see Joyce leave in that in that episode or did she just call Buffy? Yeah, we don't. Yeah, it's um, Buffy. Basically, at the beginning of the episode, is just like, yeah, she's in Chicago visiting her sister. Um, we don't see her at all. Yeah, Fear itself, the Halloween episode, is the last uh, last appearance of Joyce. <sighs> but good news, uh, because next the next two episodes of Buffy have Joyce in them. So. That is true. Um, I I do know that during this season, um, Christine Sutherland wanted to take some time off to do some traveling. And they were like, that works out well. Buffy's going to be at college this year, so we're not going to see Good Joyce as often. Um, but then they were like, but we're going to need you back for season five a lot. Um, yeah. Just, um, and that's all we'll say about that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, her appearances in season four are far fewer. For Yeah, basically she was like, I'm going to travel. And they were like, okay. Um, All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it makes sense. Buffy's at college. She's, you know, she's not at home as, as frequently. Um, so, because, um, yeah, I think, I think Fear Itself was the last time we were at the Summer's house. Um, um Maybe that's also why this a lot of this season feels so off is we obviously the school set and the library's gone, but we've also spent so little time at Buffy's house. Yeah. It's very unmooring. Um anyway. Um the Xander comes in and wants them to turn on the news, and that's where they hear the news report about the little boy who was killed. Um and Buffy's they mentioned that he was skewered. Skewered, yes. So that immediately makes uh, Buffy think that it's the Polgara demon. Yes. And uh, she yeah, specifically and so, like, believes that Walsh, because they don't, they don't know Walsh is dead yet. She believes that Walsh um, deliberately released the Polgara demon to go after her, um, which isn't a terrible assumption. No, yeah, based on yeah, based on the everyone is working. Within frames of information that they have. And I think coming yeah. to reasonable, if not correct, conclusions. Um, and Buffy... This is when Buffy gives her big speech. Um, and immediately is just like... That probably would have sounded more commanding if I wasn't in my yummy sushi pajamas. <laughs> Um, I know. I still think you rocked it, girl. I do too. And, uh, I, those never be afraid to wear. Uh, yummy. She sushi. she always has interesting pajamas. Because uh, I think I remarked that she had one that had like bears on it or something mm-hmm. a while back. Uh, but yeah, her her pajamas are adorable. The yummy sushi pajamas are so cute and iconic. Um, so I'm I'm all for if that's all she wore for the rest of the show, I'd be down for it. <laughs> <laughs> Almost as iconic as the uh, black leather jacket. <laughs> Almost. Um, Put that on top of the sushi pajamas. Whoa. Oh, sh- she'd be unstoppable. <laughs> um, the uh, yeah. I, I think it does need to be uh, said that um, when the initiative, when Riley and Forrest were first 
discovering that Walsh was dead, um, Engelman said that, uh, oh, they're sending in people from Washington. So mm. obviously the initiative is much more spread out than we initially thought. Yep. Um, and uh, they're basically calling for a total lockdown. But Riley's like, yeah, so I'm still in charge uh, until the feds get here. So everybody, like, load your guns. We're, like, going out to kill a Polgara demon. Yeah. Is Riley in charge? That felt... That didn't seem... Like... He was always kind of, like, the person who, like, led the led the like the field units right so maybe he um maybe he was like a field commander or something yeah it just feels to me it feels odd like to me and maybe it's because it's so vague about how this organization runs (laughs) but like to me being in charge of the field units doesn't automatically put him in charge of the organization after walsh is killed um well remember he is starting to go through withdrawal in fact that's true when he's when he's talking to the troops, you can actually see him scratching his wrist. Oh, I didn't notice that detail. That's that's, that's yeah. a good good catch. Um, oof, yeah, that is um, that was very upsetting. Uh, and I will uh, I will talk about that when we actually get into the whole withdrawal thing. Okay. Um, I have opinions. Okay. <laughs> um, Willie or not Willie Buffy goes to visit Willie the Snitch um oh wait well, that doesn't first, happen uh, yet she goes to yeah she goes to the park first um yeah. to investigate this crime scene which basically involves her watching from a distance as they carry this boy's body out of the out of the woods um yeah. the the remarkably stupid sunnydale police <laughs> but you know they're doing what they can <laughs> they, they they don't know it's out of context for them um yeah and yeah, Riley shows up, and that's when uh, Buffy apologizes to Riley, and Riley is a dick to her. And I even mm-hmm. I like that she's like, I'm trying to apologize to you right now, which she's like, I think is very big of me, considering I was the one who she tried to murder. Um, yeah. And Riley tells her that he's dead, and asks Buffy if she's happy that Walsh is dead, which... Buffy's like, dude, fuck off with your shit right really? now. Yeah. Um, I, and I agree with that sentiment. Yeah. I, I don't care what Wiley, what, <laughs> Wiley, what Riley is going, I don't care what Riley is going through. That was just a shitty thing to say. Yeah. And at this point, his like, he's not completely in like the like, like throes of like, you know, he still got his composure basically. Um, yeah. you know, later on in the episode when he's really going through it, I'm a little more forgiving, a little, but here he's still got most of his composure together. So what he says to Buffy here is just so shitty. And I think, uh, Sarah, Michelle Geller, her rebuttal to him is so good. Like her, just her delivery of that line of like something, it's something along the lines of just like, ask me again how happy all this death makes me. Um, Cause yeah, this is what she's been in for four years now. Death constantly around her. Um, And it doesn't matter that Walsh was at the end was her enemy and tried to kill her. Buffy is constantly surrounded by death. 
this doesn't make her happy. Um, and Riley just doesn't get that. Um, because Riley doesn't get Buffy. Anyway. Um, let's go to Tara's dorm room. Yay, Tara's, Tara. I don't think we've actually talked about Tara's dorm room. We've been we've gotten so focused on like, let's talk about how gay this is that we've not actually <laughs> talked about the room itself, which is massive. Um, uh, presumably, she has it all to herself. It seems, um, and she's got like, she doesn't have any lights except for like Christmas lights that she's got like. <laughs> you would actually be surprised how many dorm rooms I've seen that utilize the christmas lights i okay i'm i'm that is that is a um that is a lot more accurate than you would think. okay i don't hate it i actually really love the aesthetic she's got going on it's very mystical very um ethereal it probably helps that i i'm just guessing that that's uh tara's dorm room set is the exact set uh, same set they use for buffy and willow's dorm room so they've done a good job of disguising <laughs> that. Yeah. Um, um, but I like how this. Um, I like how this scene opens with uh, a a lot more veiled lesbian chit chat. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just uh, just like how Will is saying, "Oh, I want you to know that I'm not only coming here for the spells. I'm coming here because I like spending time with you." And Aww. and. Yeah, and Tara's like, oh, yeah, I, like, that. that's great. But you want to do a spell, though, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Will's like, yes, but it's important. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I do, I appreciate Willow and the show clarifying that this relationship is becoming more than just about learning magic. Like, they genuinely like being together and spending time together, which is really sweet and and amber benson just does that smile when willow says it and like oh my gosh they're so adorable they really i really fucking can't with them right now um (laughs) but they uh the spell they want to do um they want to uh willow wants to call upon the goddess thespia um, the goddess of theater. Um, which Tara's a little nervous about at first. She's like, oh, do you think we're ready for that? And Willow very quickly is like, yes. More <laughs> veiled lesbian talk. <laughs> um, I've heard scissoring is pretty advanced. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, they, the spell that they're going to do is going to help them uh, locate nearby demonic activity so that they can... Uh, help find the Polgara demon. However, uh, for reasons uh, unexplained at this time, Tara sabotages the spell. Um, when while Willow's eyes are closed, she uh, deposits the sand that she was supposed to blow over their incantation area. Uh, under her bed so ponder that listeners yeah that's something that we're not really gonna find out about until sometime next season uh it's no it's uh, next season that's why i said sometime next season oh i thought you said later this season 
No, I no, apologize. That, that's not at all what I said. I you cut, sometime <laughs> next season. You you cut um, out just like just a little while you were saying okay. it, so it like it completely altered what I thought you were saying. Fair enough. My apologies, um, good and sir. I, and you know what's you know what's really funny? I completely forgot about the reason why it happened. I was actually kind of half waiting to see. Like uh, Willow said that the different smoke, the different mist would signify different demons and i was half waiting to see like a whole bunch of different colors of mist together to signify adam uh since oh. he has like so many demons attached to him but then uh but then tara went and pulled her uh <laughs> throw the sand under the bed act and and i was like uh oh wait what happened and then i thought for a good long while like oh yeah all right <laughs> That would have been cool, though, to to have seen that. Um, and uh, it is it is important that she is she does later tell Giles about this spell, but at the same time, she also makes it sound like it was just her doing it, and it didn't work, and she didn't know why. So she is still not telling anyone about Tara. Yep, yep, yep. Um, put that in your back pocket to smoke it later. That's not a. That's not anything. I. <laughs> um, let's go to Willie's now for real this time. For real. Um, Buffy goes in. There's a great moment where she goes up to the bar, and this vampire who's sitting in the bar looks at her and just stands up and leaves. Um, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Don't blame him. Um. She wants information from Willie, but Willie's like, listen, Slayer, I've got, you know, I've, I'm classing up the joint. I Look, it's called Willie's Place now. I've got a deep fryer. These demons love chicken fingers. Oh. And hey, I think that is one thing that should unite people and demons, because who doesn't hate, who doesn't love chicken fingers? Agreed. I agree. Chicken fingers are just great. I mean... I was half tempted to, like, go to Raising Cane's after watching the episode <laughs> and get some chicken fingers. Nice. Unfortunately, they're not open at... <laughs> they don't open until uh, much later in the day. Um, but he's also just like, I can't just give you information. You know, I've got a reputation. And she's like, I'm going to hit you. Or I'm going to have to hit you, aren't I? And he just immediately goes, just once. And it doesn't have to be too hard. Just make it look good. Um... <laughs> <laughs> And so, um, Buffy, um, Buffy does hit him and he tells her <laughs> that, uh, there was a Polgara demon around, but the last he had heard, the last anyone had heard was that Buffy and the initiative had taken it out and no one's seen from it since. So, so there is no other Polgara demon walking out mm -hmm. and about. Exactly. And that's when Riley shows up. Oh boy. This is, he's visibly gross to look at. Very, <laughs> very sweating. Uh, shaking really bad. Scratching his hand really bad. Um, and he, you know, he flips out at Buffy. For, he's like, what the fuck are you doing in this demon bar? Um... Like, and she—he's like, you're supposed to be killing these things, not socializing with them. And of course, if he were to take a second to step back, he would 
obviously realize that she's gathering information, but he's he typical is, boy not looking at the whole picture. Right? Um, and yeah, he flips the fuck out. Uh, he pulls his gun out. It's interesting. The wiki says uh, he pulls his gun on an innocent woman, which I find interesting that the wiki says innocent because I thought the episode went very deliberately out of its way to be to not com- like say one way or the other if this was just an innocent woman or or actually some sort of demon or anything yeah she didn't really show off any demon stuff so it honestly just looks like it could have very easily been a random woman who would come in for a drink yeah um or it just could have been it could have been a vampire or a demon who just doesn't have any kind of like doyle who doesn't have obvious demon features so no way of knowing um and i guess that's kind of the point is Riley's not even considering either side of this. He's just flipping his shit. Um, and uh, he finally puts the gun down. Buffy takes him back to um, to Xander's. And, um, you know, she's basically like, something is wrong with you. I'm going to figure out what it is. And at this point... He's scratching his hand so badly that it's bleeding. And uh, Buffy gives him her, like, handkerchief or that she was wearing on her head. Uh, it was like a it. headband, and she uses yeah. that as, like, you know, something to wrap around his head where he's been scratching and bleeding. Yeah. I do have to say, um, props to the Scooby gang, because at the beginning of this episode, Riley was basically kind of, like, lashing out at all of them Mm -hmm. and he's been lashing out at buffy for the entire episode but when he's not feeling great they still are looking after him Uh yeah far more they could just be like they could just be like buffy get this like annoying fuck boy out of (laughs) out of the basement yep i i he is getting far better treatment than uh i think he deserves but um i think I, as I said, I think I'm going to choose, or as you said, I'm going to choose to look at that as a reflection upon the Scoobies and their kind the character of the Scooby gang. Yeah. Um, so Xander and Buffy are going to infiltrate the initiative. They, um, uh, Anya is very unhappy with this, um, because what did i tell you about <laughs> you can't have xander yeah. and she's like you can't have him as a boyfriend and you can't have him to take him into potentially life-threatening situations um which is sweet she cares um but buffy's like i need him for his military expertise and anya comes back with he wasn't in the nam he just got turned into a soldier for one night <laughs> he wasn't in the nam it's it's the 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 the, the that's there the nam yes, that yes, makes that line so good <laughs> it's so good oh <laughs> um, he was gi joe for one night <laughs> um so, but they, they they go. Um, the rest of the gang, uh, Xander, not Xander, uh, Giles, Willow, and Anya stayed to, as you said, to look after uh, Riley. Uh, and 
Xander and uh, Buffy go to the initiative. Um, they Buffy's disgu- disguised as a scientist. She's got her hair pulled out back into a bun. Uh, uh, before, glasses. Uh, before we get into this, though, oh yeah, uh, I feel like there is something that the uh, that the um, the wiki seems to have skipped over, and that is that uh, the like the other commandos are also uh, kind of like freaking out about stuff, especially Forrest. Mm-hmm. And so Forrest, like they when they're out searching for uh, what they think is the Polgara demon. They actually kind of search up, they're searching crypts, and they get to Spike's crypt, and, uh, like, uh, Forrest says he doesn't even care if it's the Polgara demon, he's just gonna kill any, any demon that he sees, and, uh, and, uh, when they get into Spike's crypt, he's not there, so he gets so mad that he smashes Spike's TV, rude. Very rude. Because Spike was very much looking forward to his stories, (laughs) and, uh. Turned out Spike had actually been hiding underneath the corpse that was buried in the crypt. Um, and they also, like, left the crypt, like, the actual tomb open. Yeah. Rude. Rude. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so rude. This leads to uh, Spike trying to lay low, and he tries going to Willie's place. It's interesting that they have... The Buffy Wiki actually has this before... Buffy going into Will into Willie's place. Yeah, that's even though it happens much later. It does. Yeah, this this episode's yeah. synopsis on the wiki is uh, not as good as uh, as she was. Oh my! <laughs> what a what a shining what a shining moment for the Buffy wiki. Um, but yeah, Spike is trying to get. He's just trying to get like two shots of blood, um, and. Uh, then a whole like a whole bunch of demons just start beating the shit out of him and they say that uh hey you're kind of making you're we know that you're making war with the demon world and uh he's like what no he's like maybe i just beat up some demons every now and he's like we know you're running with the slayer and they say like oh if you're ever in willie's place again we'll kill you so for spike Nowhere spike yeah despite spike uh being very adamant at the beginning of the episode that he is still bad he's not really getting a lot of places to pick where he can go yep the commandos are after him the demon world doesn't want him um he's he does not have very many options right now yeah Buffy and Xander are trying to infiltrate the uh, the initiative. Oh my god. Buffy is like... Uh, she's standing in front of the mirror and she's like telling Xander, she's like, I've got to do the retinal scan. And he's like, ew, I do not want to see that. And she's like, retinal, Xander. <laughs> Jesus, Xander. <laughs> um, also, this... did you, Could you tell when they were... Um, when they're in the frat house, Buffy's wearing, like, her red sweater, um, and, like, I think she had black pants, maybe. She looked great. She had her glasses and her bun. And then they get into the elevator. When they get off, she's wearing the coat, the lab coat. Did she have the... I didn't see her with, like, holding I thought the, she had the lab... I thought she had the lab coat when she actually went in. Did she? Okay. Uh, I must have missed yeah. it then. Because it was a little jarring. I was just like, where'd she get that? But, okay, if she already had it, then 
I'm that's then again, fine. like maybe maybe it was like on the maybe it was in the uh, elevator, but I thought she had it. Um, it didn't it didn't seem out of place for me. So okay, well then I I'll accept it. Um, and I will move on. Um, they they get in and some soldiers are walking near them, and Sanders like quick pretend to make out with me, and she's like what? And he's like you know like in the movies, and she's like she's like you're gonna draw more attention to us scientists and soldiers don't just make out in here and xander has which a great line where he goes maybe they should maybe the world would be a better place you know what and i agree with xander on that like let's let's stop killing each other and just all make out with each other what a world when we're yeah when we're safe from covid yeah yeah like as soon as you get vaccinated just go like Hell, like, just shove that tongue into some throats. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, you know, my one of my favorite activities is is making out with people at bars. Yes, I am um, aware of that. You have been, have you been suffering withdrawal from that? Oh my gosh, buddy! I just like I love my husband so much, but I like kissing lots of people all the time. <laughs> anyway, um, they also. <laughs> When they get in, Xander, when he sees the initiative, he goes, he goes, oh my god, I get it. Can I have sex with Riley too? I really, yeah, like, Xander's whole sexuality kind of, like, is a big torrential storm in this, like, three minute period. Uh, And I'm gonna say, my gay agenda this week is uh, Xander looking real good in these fatigues. Uh, having sex with Riley. I'm, I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad about it. Yeah, it's like, oh, you don't want to see, like, Buffy do um, a not-retinal exam? Uh, <laughs> you've come a long way. Um, then you, But then you want to then you want to make out with her because it's in the movies, and then you're like, oh, I, would, I want to have sex with Riley just to get access to this place. What the hell's going on, man? To be fair, he does say, pretend to make out with me. Which, fair enough. I'm going to say growth. Because I, in season two, he would have just been like, make out with me. So, yeah. um, except for, of course, in his uh, um, hiding hug at the hospital in uh, so Becoming. Yeah, in Becoming. Um, oh, Becoming. Anyway. Um they uh buffy and xander over here dr engelman talking to some random scientist um i'm just thinking about how much better all of this would have been if it were professor walsh doing it but not gonna go down that road um but basically the commandos are having withdrawals because as buffy is learning right now um, they've been getting tr- secret drugs in their meals to help their performance. So essentially, or not so secret drugs like the vitamins that Riley was taking. Yep. He- here comes opinions, by the way. Okay, opinions. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm not saying that this is a bad story, but similar to Adam, it just kind of comes out of nowhere. Like we had one little bit of foreshadowing to this. And it was the last episode. Mm-hmm. This seems like something that should have been a little more emphasized the minute that we learned more about the initiative. Yeah. Like, um, 
you could have revealed, you could have done the reveal that, oh, hey, they're all on drugs. They're all on, like, performance-enhancing drugs. But you should have had stuff leading up to it throughout the season. Like, you should have built this story. And it, it, it just it just feels like yet another thing that's like, oh, let's put this in here just for the hell of it. Yeah. It also doesn't quite make a lot of sense. Like, the, the fact that they've been on these performance-enhancing drugs, yeah, I get that. I can, I can buy that. But it seems that they're tying this sudden withdrawal from Maggie's death. And it, that, to me, implies that Maggie personally was the one drugging all of the soldiers Bitch has got better things to do with her time. She's running yeah, the it, joint. Like, yeah, it, it seems. Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense that that's an that intern's would be a responsibility job. for her. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, all right, make sure you get all these. Uh, make sure you get all these uppers to all the all the initiative guys. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense that her death the day before would would cause all this chaos. I mean, I believe that her death would cause chaos within the organization. But not, like, yeah, I, it doesn't make any sense that, and I don't, listen, I'm not the scientist of the group, so maybe you can shed a little more light on this if you if you, if you you can. It seems like these withdrawal symptoms happen so fucking fast. Like, it, it's been yeah, less not, than a day. I'm not, I'm not that kind of scientist, so I couldn't really tell you, uh, you're not just a, but, a general generic scientist who can answer every science question I ask. What the fuck, Jason? I am not. I'm sorry. I have uh, I've disappointed you once again. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it it just seems like something that, again, just like Adam, came out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. um, with just even less time foreshadowing it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm not a fan of this whole story. Um, and it's just like, I don't know. It almost comes across as just a reason for Riley to be, like, to be at odds with Buffy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of lame. Um, speaking of Riley and at odds, uh, Riley wakes up back at Xander's basement. Um Willow has returned. She's, as you mentioned, filled them in on her failed spell giles is like yeah we didn't have any fucking luck here either um riley wakes up and he's like where's buffy they tell him what she did and he's like i have to stop her and then willow tries to stop him from leaving and he throws her to the ground rude I, Seriously, somebody needs to teach these initiative boys some fucking manners. Some fucking manners, yes. I, oh, and it's, it's, I know, I know he's going through it. And I know his, 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 the chemistry, biochemistry of his body is all fucked up right now. And I'm trying to have space for him. But he threw Willow to the ground. And we do not stand for that. Here at Foos and Buffy, we do not do that in this house. We do not. This is a violence against Willow-free zone. Um, I do love that Anya and Giles immediately rush to Willow's aid. Um, 
very, very sweet. Um, uh, maybe a little too sweet for Anya, but, you know, it's... If she went down hard. Like, this wasn't just a, like, yeah. knock her out of the way. He fucking throws her. Um, so... Um, yeah, not a fan. Not a fan. Back at, uh, back at the initiative, uh, Buffy, Buffy accosts Dr. Engelman, uh, demanding information, uh, about what's going on with Riley, about 314, and (laughs) she, she has some gem, some gems in this, in this, like, little interrogation. She... When he's like, I was wondering when she'd show up. She, like, takes off her disguise glasses and she's like, oh, gosh. So this isn't a surprise? Um, And then uh, at one point she's like, explain it to me. Like, I feel like I'm having an attack of dumb blonde coming on. Um, Just some funny lines, but also I really love her no-nonsense attitude. Like, I'm going to get this fucking info yeah i mean between between her uh her like new mentor trying to kill her and her boyfriend just going fucking ape shit uh it um she's like i've had enough of this i need to find out what the hell's going on Mm -hmm. she's like um she's like every uh uh every cop about to retire in an action movie I'm getting too old for this shit. Um, <laughs> oh, Murtaugh. Uh, so, uh, Riley shows up uh, and is basically, he's still just like, Professor Walsh was a good person. She couldn't have done anything evil. And I'm just like, dude, you're you're about to like drop dead. Because she was drugging you without your consent or knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) And that's when Adam shows up. Um, Oh boy. This. So first of all, it's. He has this monologue and it just fucking annoys me that he's like pacing during it. This is like day one acting class people. Plant yourself and only move when you are moving with purpose. Yeah. And um, he's just kind of doing this pacing about three feet in either direction on this platform um, above them. And and it, this is such a bad case of telling and not showing. Yes. It's like, oh, hey, all this info that you guys want. Here's like, here's just an info dump. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the form of uh floppy disks or uh, not floppy disks uh there there's something like floppy disks but like yeah i couldn't like tell exactly the real what. floppy disks are the one that are like super big yeah these are um, slightly smaller yeah i don't know if they're like magnetic disks or something i mean they're stupid uh, like whatever they are <laughs> yeah um either way they're the precursors to cds um and uh yeah, Adam has like a little disk drive implanted into his chest for some reason. And uh, he has disks, one are labeled Adam. So he shoves it into his chest and he's like, oh, yeah, guess what? I I know what I am now. And like s- briefly summarizes Walsh's uh, project and why he was made. 
then it doesn't even we don't even see him taking out the atom disc before he puts in the riley disc mm. and for some reason he has a riley disc i don't know why <laughs> um i guess it's because uh like adam says maggie's two favorite children were adam and riley that's weird well okay and this is the implication right that i i'm just gonna just flat out say they never confirm or deny or go into any detail about this but i think the implication is supposed to be that adam was an initiative soldier possibly maggie's like favorite pre-riley who i'm guessing was killed yeah, so you're thinking that Riley was possibly meant to be the next Adam. Maybe? I don't... Or I guess maybe they call him Cain or Abel or something. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I'm assuming they're going for the biblical imagery here. I mean, they have to be. Um, although, there's also the Frankenstein thing where there is kind of a a common fan nickname of the creature is Adam. Uh, okay. Because he refers to himself... In, in the novel, at some point, he refers to himself uh, as Adam, but in, like, a metaphorical way. Um, obviously relating to the Bible. Um, right. And I think fans kind of, over the last hundred and some change years, kind of latched onto Adam as, like, a name for the creature. So, I they might be that might be the reference they're making they it also might be a biblical reference or it's both because i mean the original reference is biblical in nature anyway um but yeah. it's not great it's not and there's nothing about this that's really great no. and it's just frustrating that we don't get any yeah we we don't get any sort of idea of who the man adam was was if he was or if he's also just cobbled together from different humans like like the his demon parts are no clue they never bothered to explore any of that and it's it's disappointing yeah um, um yeah then adam does end up killing dr engelman by dr engelman so kind of like barely knew you um yeah so now like that's kind of like both of the people that knew the most about adam are dead and 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 unfortunately with that too, now the initiative is largely just a, a faceless organization. They're just commandos. Um, yeah. And that's also not great for our storytelling. Um, uh, losing Maggie really, really, really did create a huge vacuum in the storyline that... Yeah, um... So they fight Adam. Uh, he also skewers Riley, uh, but I guess manages to miss. I, I couldn't quite tell where where he got Riley, but it must have been like on the side or something because he Riley's not killed. Um, yeah, and plot armor. <laughs> right. Um, sorry, Doctor Engelman, you are not in the opening credits, so the skewer kills you. <laughs> Um, and now his watch is ended. <laughs> R.I.P. Dr. Engelman. Um, yeah, Buffy tries to fight him and gets knocked the fuck back. And, I, which I don't really buy. Um, like, 
they're they're they've tried to build him up as this like super powerful like tank of a thing but i I don't buy it um and then he escapes again and uh the uh, the commandos arrive and uh forrest and graham take riley to a special initiative hospital or something um and won't let buffy go with him and Buffy's upset. Um, does anything else important happen here? I don't think so. She says that she's worried about Riley being in the hospital. That there's that he's he's lost so much with Walsh and the initiative and yeah. what he thought that he was doing. And she says like, oh, I, he doesn't even have a part of me there to hold on to. But he, he does, does. have. He does in fact still have the uh the the scarf that she wrapped his hand in earlier and he when he's it shows him it shows riley in the hospital and he is holding on to that scarf it looks like it's still wrapped around his wound which i'd be like if i were a doc i mean i'm not a doctor so i don't know but i'd be like here i'm gonna take that because it's clearly a headband and not (laughs) medical uh gauze uh or her bandage bandage. Uh, (laughs) um So I'll put it over here. Clearly you've got some sentimental shit with it, but um yeah, and Buffy also during this conversation with Willow, she's like, Adam's out there, he's dangerous, blah blah blah. Um and yeah, that's goodbye Iowa yeah. and our first Well um, real uh, Buffy does oh, mention yeah. that uh Buffy does mention to Willow that trying to fight Adam was super hard for her, yeah. that she couldn't like her blows basically did nothing so that kind of goes into the whole oh now they're really trying to build him up as this unbeatable thing yeah yeah sure jan sure it's like what what about being part human part demon part cyborg would and i know saying part cyborg is redundant but um part machine um yeah what about that makes him so strong that the Slayer with mystically imbued super strength can't, like, that doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know, man. <laughs> I know. They, there's there's so much disappointing storytelling in this, in this episode. Yeah. It's, goodbye, Iowa. It's. It's so frustrating because there's good stuff in here. We obviously had a lot of stuff we enjoyed about this episode, but Adam just drags everything fucking down. Let's just say goodbye to goodbye, (laughs) Iowa. Let's. Um, I'm going to give this uh, two and a half out of five uh, chicken fingers uh, that I'm sure probably extremely tasty and I would get if I would go to Willie's place. Mm. Um, Like, and just as you were saying... That there's decent stuff in this, but Adam and the uh, like the random drugging of all of the initiative soldiers, it just really kind of brings the whole thing mm-hmm. down. Um, the drugging could have been fixed if they if there had been more foreshadowing of it. Yeah, um, but it really does feel like it just kind of came out of the blue last episode because there was absolutely no. Um, any indication of it before uh it shows riley taking these vitamins and buffy's like oh 
well, I guess you really are a super soldier or whatever. Right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so my opinions. <laughs> I, 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 do you have the, the wiki open at all? I do. I want you to scroll down. I, I was just scrolling down to see if there was any interesting trivia down to the pictures at the near the oh, end. Oh, the one with Adam and the kid? It's so, it's actually really cute. It's, it's adorable. It's so for listeners, um, and I'll I, I might post it onto the Instagram. But yeah, it's a picture of Adam, the actor playing Adam, posing with the little kid, and it's it's actually very adorable. Um, yeah, and Adam <laughs> is in full makeup. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 That's. <laughs> um, there's also one with uh, uh, Allison Hannigan and Sarah Michelle Gellar posing with him, but. That's, and that kid thinks that he's like the luckiest kid he's, ever. He's having a great time. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, I just was like, oh, that was adorable. Um, yeah, this episode is. Yeah, everything like, so like, yummy sushi pajamas. Uh, gr- like, girl sleepover pajama cuddles watching Looney Tunes. Um, you know, Willie the Snitch. Um, you know, all things we love. A, a tam- tambor. A tambor. A Tara <laughs> and Willow scene. Tara played by Amber Benson. <laughs> tambor. God damn it. Um, like, that scene was so sweet and cute. Uh, and also maybe with some mystery. Like, so much good stuff. And then yeah. this crap. Um, and yeah, I, I'm... I'm going to give this episode uh, three new neon signs at Willie's Place out of five. Um, I like how we both go to Willie's Place is our, uh, is kind of like our, oh, you know, maybe one of the best things to come out of this episode is the fact that there is a uh, a little bit more legitimacy to Willie's Place yeah. with the neon signs and the chicken fingers. His, his business seems to be doing great. And I am proud of him. He's a small business owner. Um, and, you know, that can be very difficult. And he has a limited clientele as well. He does. So. And, Jason, I hate to tell you this. And I hate to tell our listeners this. But this is unfortunately the final appearance of Willie on the show. He's not dead or anything. Yeah, he just like uh, in fact again. it is impl- it is implied later that uh, he is still around. It's just that I'm assuming the actor got uh, got involved with other things. Yeah. Um, I don't know like how deep he was into Becker at this point, mm. but uh, it's a good thought. I it's yeah they do make references to like going to visit Willie, and I do think we see his bar a couple times as well. Um, so, listeners, I hope you enjoyed your time with Willie the Snitch. We sure did. Um, yeah. I like Willie. I love Willie. Um, <laughs> I love Willie. Um, but you know what? I'm very excited because we've got some good episodes coming up, both on Angel and Buffy. Um, okay, so, um, here we go. Uh, just that, um, that actor, uh, Severio Guer- Guerrera, or... Guerrera, I believe so. That sounds right. Um, yeah, he is... Uh, so in Becker, which started in 1998, he was recurring in the first two seasons and then became a main character in seasons three through five, which would put it around uh, 
season three of Becker started in October of 2000. So okay, yeah, he he went he was doing Becker while he was um, on Buffy, but he wasn't a main character until after he left. Gotcha. So yeah, that's probably why he was full time on Becker. So I mean, good for him. He got paid, and that's what matters. Um, but we'll miss him. Uh, not R.I.P., but au revoir. Um, <laughs> au revoir. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything else to say about Goodbye, Iowa. Um, nope. Nope. I'm <laughs> All right. Let's take it out. I'll go ahead and take us out. Thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We'll be back next week with Angel Season 1, Episode 14, I've got you under my skin. I'm so fucking stoked. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's one of my favorites. Um, <laughs> I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's spelled C-O-F-F-M-A-N. Uh, I also write a blog, uh, horrorbyharrison.blogspot.com, where I talk about a different horror film each week. Um, although this week... Um, the film I was originally going to uh, originally going to review uh, suddenly uh, disappeared from streaming services, um, oh, no. and Netflix didn't have the DVD. So I decided to give myself this week a well earned break. Um, but I'll be returning next week to cover um, the 2004 remake of Dawn of the Dead. Ooh, Roberto Rodriguez. Um, and uh, and well, Zack Snyder. Um, wait, Rodriguez. Is it, is it Roberto? No, Rodriguez. Is it Robert Rodriguez in that? No, no, no. That was something else. Z- Zack Snyder directed Dawn of the Dead and James Gunn wrote it. But Rodriguez did like a zombie movie around the same time, I think. Was it Grindhouse? Was it Planet Terror? I mean, he, he did that, but I, that's not what I originally thought that he uh, mm-hmm. he did. Um, yeah, he, hold on. I'm going to... Dawn of the Dead. Instantly, the, like, only... He did From Dusk Till Dawn. Ah, that's yes. What it was. Yes. Which is a vampire movie, right? Yes. But it's like a but secret vampire so movie. From, like, the, it's a secret vampire <laughs> movie. Um, yeah, sorry about that, guys. I clearly don't know my horror uh, movies as well as Harry yeah. does. Yeah, don't come for me, bro. <laughs> Now you can come for me anytime you want. Oh, um, because sometimes I um, sometimes I am wrong. But uh, I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at yamij three five seven, and on Twitter at just plain old yamij. And uh, if you want to, you can follow my interactive essay where I talk about the scarcity of medical supplies uh, at the beginning of the pandemic. All you have to do is just look for the blog entitled. I'm all out of gloves. I'm so lost without H2O2. What's an interactive <laughs> essay? How does that work? You gotta check it out. Okay. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy, or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. Give us a follow. Shoot us an email. Send us a tweet. So, you know, those sort of things. And don't forget to spell out the word and. Oh, fuck yeah. Do that. <laughs> also don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this delightful podcast mm-hmm. 
Each week, we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week, we're highlighting the Preemptive Love Coalition. The Preemptive Love Coalition stands on the front lines, working alongside conflict and crisis-affected communities to provide relief to help families survive today, jobs uh, to increase stability for tomorrow, and peace-building education to break the cycles of violence and conflict. Visit www.preemptivelove.org for more information. And as always... Go slay. And be gay. Goodbye. Bye. Iowa. That. <laughs>